I, uh, I hate punishment. I, I don't like being punished. And I have, a, I have a fear of punishment. I don't know about you, but I have a fear of punishment. It goes way back to when I was just a young Sean. Uh, when I was growing up, we had a, uh, a, a paddle at home. And how many of you parents had a, a paddle? Or how many of you don't answer this question? How many of you still have one? It's 2017, right? Anyway, um, so when I was growing up, we had a paddle, and the paddle had a nickname, and the nickname of the paddle was the motivator. One of my siblings actually wrote in marker across it, the motivator. I, I believe it still hangs in my mother's kitchen, um, and uh, I, I do recall when I was growing up, the motivator was very effective at doing its job. It would motivate us to behave. Uh, it would motivate us not to lie or take things that didn't belong to us. It would motivate us to not want to be punished. I think that it actually had a spotlight on it in the kitchen, like just a reminder that I'm here and I'm waiting. And, and so we, were, we tried to be very, very good. We tried to be really good children, uh, and, and, and we were rotten. Um, but, uh, but the motivator was, was very good at its job, and, and I never liked being punished. And I, I was always afraid of being punished. And, and you know what? It's still, to this day, I'm still afraid of, of punishment. I'm, I'm still afraid of being punished for things that I do wrong, things that I've done wrong, uh, especially when it comes to like driving. Uh, when it comes to driving, I have this real uh, intense fear of the police. Not that, you know, I'm, I'm a really safe driver. Um, I just don't want to get pulled over. And, and the, this goes back about 14 years ago. I was driving in the state of Wisconsin and going to, uh, back home to Minnesota where we lived in Minnesota. And I was driving through Wisconsin. I was doing about 83 in a 65. And uh, it's 4th of July weekend. And there were there was popo everywhere, and uh, and I'm I, I'm driving along, and all of a sudden, woo 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 woo! Oh man, I pull over, and that police officer made me write him a check for two hundred and twelve dollars and sixty eight cents. This is where my fear of being pulled over comes from, because I don't want to have to write any more of those checks. $212.68. It was so traumatizing that I still remember the exact amount to the penny of how much that check was written for. $212.68. And so I don't speed very much. I don't speed like I used to. Because I don't want to get pulled over. I'm, I'm afraid of being punished. I'm afraid of that ticket. I always use my turn signal. Uh, PSA. There's a little stick that comes out of the side of your steering column. And if you push it down, it, turn, it tells people you're going to turn left. And if you push it up, it tells people you're going to turn right. It's called a turn signal. And as far as I know, every car has one. As far as I know. So please, for the love of Pete and Harry and Jim and Mary and Susan, for the love of us all, use your turn signal. Thank you very much. If you don't get anything else out of this Christmas message today, use your turn signal. Um, so, but like I said, I have this fear of punishment. Uh, but, you know, I was thinking about this. I was wondering, what would happen if instead of like when I was a kid, instead of getting the motivator, uh, my parents offered me a gift instead? Like I told a lie and, and, and mom would come to me and say, you know, you shouldn't have lied. Shame on you. Uh, and for your lie, I'm going to give you a new video game. Say, what? Wait a minute. A, a video game for telling a lie? Or if I took something that didn't belong to me, uh, if I fought with my brothers or my sister, you know, and, and mom, instead of the motivator, uh, I got taken out to Dairy Queen for ice cream. 
I mean, that'd be crazy, right? Or like if, if I get pulled over for speeding, which will never happen, but I drive like, a, I drive like most grandmas drive. I, I'll be honest, I drive like most. Not all, because I've seen some of you grandmas drive before. But, you know, it, instead of like if I get pulled over for not using signal or speeding or something like that, uh, the police officer walks up to me and says, you know, you know why I pulled you over, right? And yeah, I was speeding, you know. It's like, nope, I pulled you over to give you tickets to a Blackhawks game. What? This is the greatest day ever, right? We're afraid of punishment. And we're, we all have this fear of punishment. And, and, and wouldn't it be, I mean, we, we even like have this fear of God and that he's out to punish us. Like he's out to get us or something. We have this, this vision of God like he's Zeus or something. Uh, he's just waiting to throw lightning bolts down on us when we step out of line or we do the wrong thing or we say the wrong thing or we uh, sin in some way that we're almost expecting God to, to just... You know, like he can't wait to punish us. You know, maybe some of you have said to yourselves this week, you know, uh, uh, somebody invited you to come to church, and you're like, I don't know, man. If I walk into that church building, I'm sure the walls are going to cave in, right? Like, you know, and it didn't happen. Didn't, you're here, and it didn't happen, because that's not how God works. And that's not what happens. No, you walked in here today, and I pray that you feel welcome and loved and accepted for who you are, and that God will get a hold of your life, and then he will change it with the magic of Christmas. See, God is not out to get you. Well, he's out to get you into heaven, but he's not out to get you and to punish you and to, to throw lightning bolts down on you or smite you or cave in a building on you. That's not why God sent Jesus. You see, I believe that God, instead of wanting to punish you, He wants to give you a gift. <laughs> that may sound strange. What kind of gift would God be able to give to me? What kind of gift would God want to give to me? It's the gift of His Son. It's the gift of Christmas. I want to talk about it a little bit today. I'm going to this is going to be a weird kind of Christmas message. Not a whole lot about angels or shepherds or wise men. No talk about a baby in a manger, Mary and Joseph. It's going to be kind of strange. In fact, I want to go all the way back to the very beginning in the Garden of Eden with, uh, in Genesis chapter 3. And I want to talk about how God sent us a gift instead of sending us punishment. So if you have a Bible... Turn to Genesis chapter 3. If you didn't bring a Bible, it's okay. You can grab one out of the chair in front of you. There'll be a Bible in a chair uh, near you. Uh, it's in Genesis chapter 3. It's on page 2 of that Bible in the chair in front of you. Or you can use your favorite app on your smartphone or tablet, or you can just follow along up here on the screen. And this is called the fall of man. Genesis chapter 3. Now God had created Adam and Eve, and he had placed them in a garden, the Garden of Eden. How many of you have heard of the Garden of Eden? Everybody heard of the Garden of Eden? So God placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and he told them there's just one rule, just, just one rule, and that is you cannot eat from this one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, in the center of the garden. It's the only thing, you, just, just one rule. And this is the story of how they broke that rule. Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now the serpent is the devil. He's the tempter. He is the one who's going to come along and he's tempting 
Eve to sin. When you break a law, uh, there are consequences. When you break God's law, it's called sin. And when you sin, there are consequences of sin. We'll talk about that in just a second. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the tree, fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Now Eve must have been nervous or something because all of a sudden she's confused. Because God never said that they couldn't touch the tree. He only said don't eat from the tree. And now she's confused. The, the tempter is confusing her. You will not surely die, the serpent said. Now the serpent is going to lie to her. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So he's lying to her. That, and he's tempting her with the, with the promise of, of gaining knowledge and wisdom and being like God. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he said, no, I ain't doing that. God said not to. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to walk away. Oh, that's not what he did. Moron. <laughs> and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So God had told them, don't eat from this tree. And what did they do? They ate from the tree. They disobeyed God and they sinned and they brought sin into the world. And then they're, they're, they're naked. They realize that they're naked and they're ashamed and they're afraid. And so they try to hide from God because they're afraid of punishment. Verses 8 through 10. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Adam was afraid of God now. Afraid because he was naked. Afraid because he was going to be punished because he had known. He knew that he had done wrong. He knew that he had disobeyed. He knew that he had sinned. And he was afraid of God. Whereas before there was no fear. No fear of God. Just perfect fellowship and perfect love. And there was no reason to be afraid. But now that they had sinned, there was reason for fear because of punishment. You know, we may be afraid of God because we know what we've done. We know the sins that we've committed. We know the things that we've said, the things that we've done, the things that we've thought, the sins that we've committed, the sins that we're committing, the sins that we will commit. And we're so obsessed with our sin that we forget that there is no fear in punishment. We'll talk about that in a second. But in Romans 6.23... It says, for the wages of sin is death. And it's not just physical death, but it is eternal spiritual death that is our wages for the sins that we commit. We all know what wages are. You go to work, you earn wages for the things that you do at work. Well, the things that our sin has done, the, the things that we get for our sin is death. Our wages of our sin, what we earn because of our sin is death. Eternal spiritual death separation from God for all eternity in hell and this is what we deserve bummer of a Christmas message Sean but wait there's more and it gets really good because in the second half of this verse in Romans 6 23 it says but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord we deserve 
death because of our sin. But that's not what we get. Instead of punishment, God wants to give us a gift. Instead of punishment, God wants to give you a gift. That's what it means. That's what John 3.16 means. How many of you ever had to memorize John 3.16? Maybe growing up in catechism or in, in Sunday school or at church camp, you had to memorize John 3.16. And this is what it says. Here, read it with me. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the world. The next time, Somebody tells you that God hates someone or someone's or this group or that group. The next time someone tells you that God hates anyone, you say that is a lie. Because God so loved the world. And that means everyone in the world. Everybody. God loves everyone. You, me, sinners, saints, everybody. God loves us all and this word love in the original language in the ancient greek the new testament was written in ancient greek the original word is agape and it is an unconditional love meaning you can't earn it you can't buy it you can't be good enough for it you can't make god love you anymore and he definitely won't love you any less and he loves you as much as he loves jesus and it's true and he so loved the world that he sent us the very first christmas gift that's what christmas is all about that God sent his son into the world as a little baby, a little helpless baby. And he grew into the man who would go to the cross and he would suffer and die on the cross for our sins. He would pay the price. He would pay the penalty. He would take the punishment that our sins deserve. In 1 John four eighteen, it says this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And instead of punishing us, God wants to give us a gift. And it is the gift of His Son, Jesus, and the gift of eternal life that comes from believing in His name. It is the gift of eternal life and not eternal punishment. And we don't have to be afraid of being punished by God because He loves us perfectly. And He wants to show you His perfect love. And He did when He sent Jesus. He wants you to know His perfect love. He wants you to accept His perfect love. He wants you to feel His perfect love. And he, that's, why, that's why Jesus came. That's why we celebrate Christmas. It is this gift of perfect love that God has for the whole wide world. So how, how do you get this gift? That's the question. How do I get this gift? Because I could offer you a gift, and if you don't accept it, if you don't receive it, then, then the gift does no good. But God wants you to accept his gift. So how do you do that? The first thing you've got to do is you've got to believe. You've got to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and that he is your Savior, and that he can forgive your sins. You've got to believe. You've got to repent. That means to turn away from sin and turn to God for forgiveness. You've got to ask God to forgive you. And he will. You need to publicly confess your faith you need to acknowledge that you believe that jesus is god's son and that you want him to be your lord and savior and you need to be baptized here at gfcc we baptize believers by immersion we go under the water and it's a beautiful picture of how god uh we are buried with christ as he was buried but we are raised to new life just as he was raised from the dead to the glory of god the father and so when you believe and repent and confess and get baptized god washes away your sins he washes them away. Past, present, and future. He cleanses you from all your sins. 
And he fills you with the Holy Spirit and he gives you the promise of hope of heaven. And he gives you this gift instead of punishment. And the reason that you can have this gift, the reason that you can have this gift is because Jesus took your punishment when he took your place. When Jesus went to the cross, he took your punishment when he took your place. Because we deserve death, right? Romans 6.23, we deserve the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. We deserve death. But Jesus took your punishment when he took your place on the cross. He took your punishment. The punishment that we deserve because of our sins, Jesus took that punishment on himself. Jesus took your punishment when he took your place. So that you could take your place in heaven someday. That's what Christmas is all about, my friends. And so if you're not a believer in Jesus yet, or if you're just starting to get to know him, or if you're just starting to come to faith in Christ, I want to encourage you to keep coming. Come back next week and the week after and the week after and keep growing in faith. Keep learning about how this, this amazing love can be yours. And if you've never made the decision um, to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, to, to receive Him as Lord and Savior and to get baptized, if you haven't made that decision yet, but you're ready to make that decision, I want you to talk to me. Or we're going to offer, uh, we offer an invitation every Sunday that if you're ready to make that decision, our water's always warm and we've got clothes to change into, we'd love for you to make that decision. Make this the merriest Christmas ever. And if you are a, a, a baptized believer in Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a job to do. And that is to share this gift with everyone you meet. To share this gift with everyone you come into contact with. So that they can hear about the amazing gift that God wants to give to them. Because not everybody knows. And until the whole world knows, until the whole world hears about this amazing Christmas gift that they can have, we have a job to do. That's to tell everyone we meet that Jesus took their punishment when he took their place. So I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know where you're at today. And maybe the time has come for you to say yes to Jesus. Maybe the time has come for you to say yes to Jesus. And this Christmas is going to be the merriest Christmas ever. Or maybe the time has come for you to tell somebody else about Jesus and his love. About the amazing story of how he came to earth as a little baby and grew into the man who would go to the cross and take our punishment when he took our place. Wherever you are today, my prayer for you is this, that you would have a very, very Merry Christmas and that God would bless us, everyone.